If you would love to support us, you can over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Head on over and buy Rachel and I a cup of coffee to help us keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community, which is £4 or roughly 6 bucks monthly. And for that, you get a Zoom call with Rachel and I every month and also an exclusive Facebook group. So come on over, K-O-F-I. The link is in the show notes. Grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. And she's back from the high seas. <laughs> Royal community, I had a jacuzzi bath on the high seas in my lovely suite, my butler. I was loving life. The butler wasn't watching her having a bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Royal Community, it wasn't that kind of cruise. Not talking royals, Rachel and I have just finished Shadow and Bone on Netflix, which I just absolutely loved. So I just want to do a little shout out for Shadow and Bone on the podcast. <laughs> and if you haven't watched Shadow and Bone, go and listen to Ben Barnes, who plays the Darkling, singing. Go to his Instagram. He has got a beautiful voice. Absolutely beautiful. Do you and also think he's beautiful? On him. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, I think you hooked on him. He is beautiful, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm totally a Mal girl. Bring on Mal and Alina. I love them. I love them. And as soon as I got off the cruise, I sent Rachel a WhatsApp message with like the biggest plot twist ever in season two. We won't spoil it for you, Royal Community, but thank you so much for being here. Welcome to our normal episode. We had lovely Rebecca Victoria last week talking all things royal style, which a lot of you loved that episode. So thank you so much for all your feedback. We have had the coronation news of coronation news this week, Rach. Coronation fever is hitting. I'm so glad you said coronation fever because that is exactly what it is. I also think they have really slowly drip fed information. And then this week has been wham, like here it is. This is lots of information. And also I've noticed as well, a lot of the shops are starting to put out all the coronation food, like the party platters, for example, all the little picky bits as we call them here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I will be getting all of those for my coronation tea, which I'll be having on the Sunday, watching the concert. And we will be talking about the coronation concert later. Mm. So stay tuned for that. Let's give you a little bit of a rundown on what's going to happen because Saturday, so if you're listening to this when it first comes out, we're going to be having our VIP Royal Community Zoom call. So if you are a member of our VIP Royal Community, come on over and say hi over on the Zoom. And the following week, Rach, we are going to a very special place. What place are we going to? Woohoo! We are going to Kensington Palace to see the Crown to Couture exhibition, which I am so excited about. It's their biggest exhibition that yeah. they've ever put on. And what I've seen so far, it looks incredible. Also, this is the first time Shell and I will be in London just before the coronation. So we'll be able to hit up all of our usual spots. I can't wait to see the Fortnum and Mason windows. They're always a highlight. Yeah, exactly. So make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel because we will be vlogging whilst we're there and we will put up our first-hand accounts of the coronation fever that's hitting London, the Fortnum and Mason windows. And I'm sure we'll go in and have a look at the merchandise as well in there. And our trip to Kensington Palace, which we're so excited about so make sure you are subscribed over on youtube before we head into our 
coronation fever for today. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple, you can head on over and give us a review. If you're on Podbean as well, you can favourite our podcast and make sure you share it with anybody who loves the royal family just as much as we do. And the reason I'm bringing Spotify up, Rach, is because we actually put polls up now so you can interact. So if you're over on Spotify, come on over, let us know what you think of the episode. And also... I put questions up. We had episode 112, which was, is Camilla the queen or the queen consort? And I asked all our Spotify listeners over there, which title do you think Camilla should be given? Queen Camilla, the queen consort or the princess consort? And 42.5% of you said queen Camilla. 35% of you said the queen consort. And 22.5% of you said the princess consort, which to be honest, I'm quite surprised. I was going to say, I'm really surprised at that because as we know, Royal Community, she is the queen, but there's some people that think that she should still keep the title of consort because that's what Queen Elizabeth said in yeah. her statement at the time. So it's interesting, the princess consort, because as you brought up in that episode, Shell, when Charles and Camilla got married, it was announced that when Charles did come to the throne, she would be known as the princess consort. But obviously over time that has changed. Yeah, and I just want to bring up one little other poll that we had with episode 111. The question I asked, was Prince William's surprise trip to Poland a success? And 81.8% of you said absolutely yes. So if you are on Spotify, if you're listening to our podcast, come on over and interact with our polls and also let us know what you think of the episode because we'll be um, giving you the feedback from these polls in future episodes. We've also got this week a Royal Community shout out to one of our listeners, a long time listener. If you ever want to be part of one of our episodes, you can always DM us a voice note over on Instagram, keeping up the Windsor's pod. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on any of the episodes that we'll do and we'll try to incorporate those into our future episodes. But Michelle, please read out our very, very lovely Royal Community review for this week. Yes, it comes from Buck Winthrop. We love Buck over on Instagram. <laughs> we speak to him all the time on Instagram. Yes, hey Buck. He writes, as an American fascinated by the royal family, I love this podcast. The two hosts, Rachel and Michelle, are good old British girls out to dish and have a good time. I love their voices. Why, thanks, Buck. Many a night they cheered me up with their humour and personality. Buck, you cheer us up too. Thank you so much. It's just so lovely when we get comments like this and we do read every single review. So thank you so much for everyone that takes the time out of their day to write us a little something and it really is appreciated by us yeah absolutely and I'll give a few little shout outs as well for other reviews that we've had from Lisa LR from Jen Hancock from Lola a long time listener as well we've had so many lovely reviews so thank you so much for taking the time out to review our podcast and I know Rach you just mentioned voice notes but actually let's start a coronation excitement voice note where this is going to follow us all the way around the world If you are celebrating the coronation in any fashion, send us a voice note and let us know and we will play it in our next episode. Here we go. Buckle up, Royal Community. It is time for... Are we just doing Royal News today? Are we doing Royal Roundup? Who knows? (laughs) It's coronation news. (laughs) It's the coronation news for this week. So let's start with some coronation music. 
12 new pieces of music have been written for the coronation, which the king has personally been involved in overseeing. The coronation orchestra will perform six new pieces before the service, and this comprises of musicians chosen from the former Prince of Wales's patronages across the UK and Canada, including the Scottish Chamber Orchestra, Welsh National Opera Orchestra, and the Regina Symphony Orchestra of Canada. I'm loving the fact that they are adding Canada in as a Commonwealth country i think that's what i'm hoping for the most with the coronation is that it includes all of the realms and territories as well as the united kingdom so i'm happy about that so let's move on to specific pieces of music brighter visions shine afar is composed by master of the king's music judith weir and this will be the first piece to be played of the service the orchestra will be joined by royal harpist alice hughes performing Thor e garrick Crossing the Stone. Did you like my Welsh there? <laughs> I loved it. Well done. Which reflects the king's support of Welsh culture. Yay! You could take the Prince of Wales out with the king, but you can't take the king out with the Prince of Wales. Or the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> and I think this is actually the first time in a coronation that a Welsh piece of music will be played. That's so lovely, isn't it? Which is really important, isn't it? His- historically, that this has never been heard before. And this is the first time. So I think you are seeing that nod to the King's former title, the Prince yeah. of Wales. Sacred Fire will be performed by South African soprano Pretty Yendi, which has been composed by Sarah Class, who composed the Terracotta anthem. Ah, that was lovely. I love that. Beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Be Thou My Vision, which is based on one of His Majesty's favourite Irish hymns, is a commission from three composers, Nigel Hess, Roderick Williams and Shirley J. Thompson. King Charles III Coronation March is written by film composer Patrick Doyle and is bold, ceremonial and full of pageantry. Maybe that's going to be our new title music for the podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) See if we can get that. (laughs) Coronation Kiri marks the first Welsh language performance at a coronation and will be sung by bass baritone Sir Bryn Terfel. I've met him in real life. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's lovely. And we'll be talking about Sabrin later on in the podcast. Ooh, okay. Hallelujah, Oh Clap Your Hands will be sung by the Westminster Abbey Choir and Hallelujah, Oh Sing Praises will be performed by the Accession Choir, the first gospel choir to sing at a coronation. I'm uh, loving all these firsts. I cannot yeah. wait to see this. Make a Joyful Noise is a coronation anthem composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. We saw him at the Jubilee, we saw, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, Party we did. at the Palace. The opening and closing fanfare will be played by the fanfare trumpeters of the Royal Air Force. Nice. Now, how does that sound, Shell? I am getting excited. Honestly, I cannot wait for this. It just sounds so majestic. It sounds like we're hearing the words joyful. This Again, this just makes me feel joyful just hearing about it. So I can't wait to actually listen to these pieces that have been commissioned. And again, they're fresh, they're new, they're modern in a very traditional ceremony. King Charles loves the arts and this is another expression of his personality coming out and to be honest we have to understand that this is a very Christian ceremony and I was just assuming lots and lots of hymns that you would hear in church and this will allow others who maybe are not from the Christian faith or don't know the songs to feel more connected to the service I think. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that I just can't believe it. We always say when we talk about coronation, but I can't believe in a few weeks time, we're going to be witnessing history. Like it just blows my mind. It's just incredible. It really is. And I think as soon as these little bits of information came out, that's when I started 
feeling really excited. Bear in mind, I felt nervous and we'll talk about the nervous stuff a bit later on, but I felt excited because you can imagine it more. You can see it come into life more. It becomes more tangible. Let's move on to some more details then, Rach. Chosen by King Charles and Queen Camilla. We're talking Queen Camilla now on the podcast. It's <laughs> not Queen Consort anymore. Queen Camilla, the coronation recipe has been announced. Now, Rach, it's a quiche. It's perfect for sharing. It can be eaten hot or cold. Now, the ingredients include spinach, broad beans, cheese, and tarragon. But as you know, with a quiche rice, you can stick anything in it. It always tastes good with whatever you pop in there. This recipe will actually feature in the Coronation Big Lunch, which is an initiative by the Eden Project communities of which Queen Camilla is patron of. And if you want to have the recipe to the quiche, so you can make it yourself for all community while you're at home watching the Coronation, we will pop the recipe in the show notes along with any of the other charities that were mentioned today and you'd like to donate to. So please feel free to head to the show notes. Rach, were you shocked it was a quiche? Yeah, a quiche. I was expecting a cake. Yes, <laughs> as well. A quiche. Well, I say it's quite simple to make. <laughs> I said to my mum, I was like, uh, Mum, do you want to make the coronation quiche? She was like, Why don't you make it? I was like, Because I'm going to be at the coronation. I won't have time to make a quiche. Yeah, but Rach, you can eat it hot or cold, hun. So you can make it, cut up some pieces, and bring it with you. It's a little snack. Sure, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> that week's that week's chocker as it is. Well, Royal Community, what we'll do is we'll head to Fortnum and Mason because last time they did the Jubilee pudding, didn't they? Maybe they'll do the coronation <laughs> quiche. You never know. We might get lucky. This sounds good. It's good for me as a vegetarian. It doesn't have any meat in it. I love tarragon. I love cheese. I love broad beans. I love spinach. What's not to like in a quiche is what I have to say about that. The other thing is with the quiche, you can cheat because you can get the base, can't you? And just stick the yeah. toppings in there. So it's all good. <laughs> And I think, to be honest, that's probably one of the reasons why quiche was chosen, because it connects to the big lunch. It also connects to that easy breezy style, because I think with the platinum jubilee pudding, you kind of needed a little bit of know-how with yeah, this. Definitely. You just was it, whisk up some eggs. <laughs> yeah, whisk up some eggs, stick your ingredients in, and then you're all good. So What's your uncle? <laughs> What's your uncle, as we say here? Yeah, sounds great. We've had also some news about the Coronation concert race. What's happening there? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So we have had confirmation of some of the acts which have been announced for the Coronation Concert, which is taking place on Sunday at Windsor Castle. Take that. (laughs) Royal Community, take that, our Rachel's favourite band. How many times have you seen them in concert? I honestly, I've seen them about 10 times in concert. And then over Easter, I was going through my mum and dad's loft and I actually found my Marco in doll from when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because those dolls were like everything at the time. You couldn't get them for love nor money. And trust me, world community, especially if our American listeners, because Take That weren't really big in America, but they are such a great pop band and they have got some absolute classic songs. I can already imagine the playlist. They've got a song called Greatest Day. That's obviously got to be played. They've got a song called Rule the World. Hello. Oh, that's <laughs> my favourite. It's from the film um, Stardust, isn't it? Yeah, they're really iconic here in the UK, but they're kind of national treasures now at this point, aren't they? And I swear, Royal Community, Jason Orange was a member of Take That and he left the band a few years ago. Don't get me wrong, these men are in their 50s now. If Jason Orange makes a comeback where there are rumours, I will actually scream the house down. (laughs) Your coronation quiche is going to go everywhere. (laughs) But even if he doesn't, I will still be happy because it's Take That. Anyway, moving on from Take That, we have 
Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, Andrea Bocelli. We love Yay! Andrea. Freya Rydens, Alexis French, and Sabrin Turfel with more acts to be announced. Yeah. Now, something to note about Lionel Richie and Katy Perry, because a lot of people were saying they're not British, they're not part of the Commonwealth. What have they got to do with the coronation? Lionel Richie is their Prince's Trust Ambassador, and Katy Perry is a British Asian Trust Ambassador. So there is that connection there. But I'm with everyone else, Rach. There's so many amazing acts out there who represent the Commonwealth, and that's got nothing to do with American artists at all. I've got nothing against Lionel Richie or Katy Perry. But I just think that there's just so much talent out there that represent the Commonwealth. But Shell, that has been rumours and obviously rumours for all communities. And we don't really talk about them a lot, but in this sense, I will talk about it. For instance, there was rumours that certain acts have been asked that have declined to perform. So for instance, one of the biggest Australian stars is Kylie Minogue. I was going to say Delta Goodrum. <laughs> I love Delta Goodrum. I was like, come on, girl. Natalie Bruni, I love her too. Kylie Minogue. And apparently she declined we do understand that a lot were asked but because of touring, touring and that type of thing and also not everyone is a monarchist right so we completely exactly. understand that as well i want to just say something really quickly because i i quite like this but we had the the introduction of the emoji for the coronation yeah. that was cute wasn't it but this is only on twitter it's not on instagram yeah bring it over to instagram we need it so if you do a hashtag coronation the saint edward's crown comes up which i think is pretty cute and we had pj the corgi for the platinum jubilee as an emoji so again i quite like the fact they're moving this into the 21st century but then we also had information rachel about the procession so tell us about that yes yeah, so we had information regarding how the king and queen camilla will travel so the majesties will travel from Buckingham Palace in the King's Procession to Westminster Abbey in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach, which was created in 2012 for Queen Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee. Accompanied by the household cavalry, the procession will pass down the Mall through Admiralty Arch and Trafalgar Square, down Whitehall and along Parliament Street to the Abbey. And then coming back, the Coronation Procession will feature armed forces from across the Commonwealth and all services of the UK's armed forces, where their Majesties will travel in the gold state coach commissioned in 1760 by King George III and first used in the coronation of William IV in 1831 and every coronation since. Yeah. And we last saw this carriage at the Platinum Jubilee in June last year, didn't we? And it's glorious actually to see it because we've seen it at the Royal Muse when you do the tour of Buckingham Palace if you add that on to your ticket. But to see it actually in person, apparently it's seven metres tall. It was just spectacular. We had the image of the Queen in the carriage, but now we're actually going to have the newly anointed King and Queen in the carriage. It's going to be so special. But I want to just go back to the first coach, which is the Diamond Jubilee coach. Rach, we've seen this in the Royal Muse. It is such an impressive coach. The lanterns on it are made of crystal. They are absolutely beautiful. And this coach has so many royal historical artifacts within it. You have to Wikipedia it. You have to just look into it because we'll be here for the whole episode yeah. talking about coaches. But it's such a special coach. So I'm so happy that was chosen. And also it has the connection to Queen Elizabeth II. So I think it's a lovely nod to her as well. And for comfort levels, it's got aircon. <laughs> so yeah. make it hot. And also electric windows, Rach. Yeah. 
It's got a proper suspension, which we have to say, Royal Community, the gold state coach does not. <laughs> it's very bumpy. It's not a good ride at all. That's got to be pulled by eight Windsor Grey horses, which I'm so excited to see because I love a Windsor Grey. It's just got to be a sight to behold and something I think you and I, it's got to be seared in our memory forever, really, isn't it? Absolutely. I can't imagine this coming down the mile. I mean, we've seen with our own eyes, Troop in the Colour, but this is going to be a whole nother level. Yeah, let's move on to how to watch the coronation so if you're coming to london on coronation day there are several ways to watch the service so there's going to be several parks in london where they'll have big screens up so hyde park screening site will open at 5 a.m and the service will be played on four screens now if you've ever been to london if you've ever been to hyde park it's massive i was gonna say it's huge (laughs) it's absolutely huge so it makes sense that they have more screens in this park and can I just say, I remember when the 2012 London Olympics was being played and they had those screens in Hyde Park. If anyone cannot make the mile, definitely head to a park because the atmosphere is amazing. Fair enough, you won't have a bird's eye view, but you will not be disappointed by how amazing it is to be in those areas and have the atmosphere. There's a few tips and tricks for the day itself. Check tube stations as some will be closed or have limited access. All this information we have put on our stories on Instagram and we've saved into the highlight coronation. So if you want to look back at any of this, um, we've got this from the actual government website and there's a coronation website as well. It feels like the queue all over again, doesn't it, Rach? It does, it does. <laughs> Viewing areas, including the Mall, will open at 6am. Dun, dun, dun! This has thrown a lot of people because normally you see people queuing and staying for days on end days. before the actual service. Camping. Yeah, camping, camping out. out. So I don't know whether they've said this time as a precaution to deter people, to stop people thinking that they can't camp out, mm. or if this is the actual case, because they can't shut the whole mall down. Like they can shut Green Park, for instance, but you can still get onto the mall. Yeah, and this is my concern about security. I think it's really ramped up. We definitely know there's going to be protesters there. There's been protesters on every engagement possible with King Charles and Queen Camilla. We also have to understand they're not as popular as the Queen. They're not as popular as William or Catherine. There are some people who don't believe the monarchy should be. They want to abolish it. I think there's a massive ramp up with security and exactly the reason why this is a speculation from my point, Royal Community. This isn't truth. This is just my opinion. I believe that's probably the reason why the procession isn't going through Hyde Park, Oxford Circus, Piccadilly, like Queen Elizabeth II did on that five mile route. It's a very short procession, Rach, and I was very surprised. And actually, remember I said earlier, Royal Community, that I felt excited, but then very nervous. This is where the nerves come in for me because Rach and I were expecting to leave my house quite early in the morning, head to London with our camp chairs. That's completely thwarted our plans, 100%. It really has. So let's give you some other information. If capacity at the mall is reached, you will be redirected to another viewing area. So this is really important. So if you're wanting to be on the mall... We're still having to have this discussion because Shell's only just come back off holiday. So we've not actually spoken about this yet. But I think it's going to be one of those things. They're saying it opens at six and for people not to get there, people are going to be there because they're wanting that prime viewing spot. Yeah, but also, Rach, there are people who have actually got on planes and gone thousands of miles over the ocean in order to be at this event. And you would not give that up. 
and just turn up at 6am in the morning on the chance that you might potentially be at the mall. I mean, personally, you want to be there to safeguard yourself and to make sure you are. But actually, that's just creating another big queue, isn't it? Exactly. Um, Green Park and St. James's Park will have screens, but opening times are still to be announced. Now, I think this is important because, again, if Hyde Park's opening at five o'clock, but the mall doesn't open until 6am, you have to be able to access the mall to get onto St. James's Park. Yeah, exactly. And also, like I say, where exactly do you need to be in order to access the mall? Where do you actually need to be in order to access St. James's Park versus Green Park? Remember, this is a Saturday. Sometimes they have engineering works. And also, they sometimes close tube stations because it's too busy. I'm so sorry if this sounds very negative for our community and also like we're trying to generate some stuff when it's not there. But actually, we've been to quite a few of these events now. This announcement of 6am is a big deal because actually it, it poses more questions than it does answers. There will be toilets, water refill stations, welfare points and kiosks to buy food and drink along the mall. There will also be accessible viewing areas available. So if you have a disability, yeah. don't let that deter you because you will still be able to get a, a good viewing spot. For security purposes, you or your bag may be searched. Again, I think this is because we're on high level risk yeah. security. As you said, Shell, we've got protesters. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the precautions that they're taking. This is very important. If you are planning to be on the mall, on the mall specifically, Do not, I repeat, do not bring chairs or stools as these will not be permitted. And a lot of people were saying, why can't we bring chairs or stools? And I personally think it's because they know that this is the main area that people want to be on. And so to be able to get more people onto the mall, because we know what it's like. If you've got a camp chair, you take up a bit of space, don't you, around you? But also, I think because the procession is very short, there isn't enough space. There's not enough of the procession for everyone to safely congregate. And I think this is why there's been this big effort. So Royal Community, we're showing up. We don't even know if we can get on the mall, but if we don't get on the mall, we'll definitely try our best to get on a viewing area, but that's not what we want. We want to get on the mall, don't we? And I think another point about the stalls and the chairs is if you think a lot of people want to get as close to the balcony as possible for the flyover and for when the king and the queen come onto the balcony and the rest of the royal family and a lot of people just abandon like if they've been camping they just leave their tents there and they just run because they want that shot so i think as well it's they're thinking about the cleanup after Mm. after the procession the police will then open the route to allow people to move onto the mall for the balcony appearance so again like troop in the color they let a certain amount of people down at a time And then the closer that you get to the palace, they start opening the other entrances. That's right. And one thing I will say, Royal Community, if you're heading to London, if you're going to be on the Mall, don't freak out about this bit because you're going to look and you go, oh, there's so much ahead of me. I'm never going to get to the front. It's absolutely unbelievable how close you get to Mm -hmm. Buckingham Palace, even if you're quite far back. So I wouldn't say to be stressed out or to run. You don't need to do that. Go at a leisurely pace because it's magical. Wherever you stand on that Mall, you are one with the Royal Community. And it's something that nobody can take away from you. It's an experience. You just have to be there. And this is historical. This really is once in a lifetime. And I think another important thing to remember is if you do want to be on the mall, you will not have internet service because there are so many people in that one area that one time for trooping 
it will just cut out. So a lot of people are saying to us in particular, are you going to be doing a live? And we're saying, no, we will not be doing live. We'll obviously we'll be recording, but we won't be putting it up until much later until we're probably home because we just won't be able to have the service. Another thing I want to say is our pubs are open two hours longer than they usually are for the coronation. So there's going to be lots of partying afterwards. So enjoy yourselves very responsibly whilst you're out there. <laughs> and also, Rach, this is very new because the king has invited monarchs to the coronation, which is very different, isn't it? Because usually it's a representative of the monarch. I actually quite like it. Yeah. And this is, like you said, it's very different. We know that there will be a reception the night before the coronation, which the king and the queen will attend. And that is for people that have not been invited to the actual service. So, for example, we've got Queen Letizia of Spain and the King of Spain coming yeah. to the actual service. And then we might have another branch of the family from Spain that will go to the actual reception, but will not be invited to the coronation service the next day. And, you know, that reminds me of Isabella, who we've had on the podcast before, talking about the European royals. How exciting would that be if you're a European royal fan? There's so many that are going to be there. It's going to be like the best day of your life. So exciting. And like you said, like it's historic that this has never happened. But don't forget, royal community, if you go back into their family trees, they're all related to each other anyway, aren't they? (laughs) Distant relatives coming for a big party. Yeah, it reminds me very much of when Catherine and William got married and they all had that meal, didn't they, beforehand? And there were just so many royals at the meal. And to finish off royal community on our coronation information for this episode is the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan. We have found out that Prince Harry will attend the coronation. And we heard from Buckingham Palace this week, and they said, Buckingham Palace is pleased to confirm that the Duke of Sussex will attend the coronation service at Westminster Abbey on May the 6th. The Duchess of Sussex will remain in California with Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. Okay, Rach, let's chat Harry and Meghan. Were you surprised? I wasn't surprised. I've said all along, and you'll know this royal community if you listen back to our previous episodes, I've always said, as the King's son, Harry has a right to be there. I think he should be there. If there's any chance of a reconciliation in the future between father and son, this is surely got to be the first stepping stone. Because I think if he didn't come, there would be absolute uproar and not just within the press but within the family and do I think that it's right that Megan stays at home with the kids in a way yes because if they both came together it would cause so much drama and it would take away from the actual day of it being about the king himself and drama would just ensue but then I think Archie and Lilibet a few weeks ago it was announced that they would have the titles of prince and princess what is the point of them having these titles if they don't necessarily know and they don't grow up knowing what those titles mean and where they come from. Like, even if they weren't to attend the service, because obviously they are very young, I don't understand why they couldn't have just been in London with the rest of the family and gone to maybe a family celebration after. What are they going to be doing? I understand it's Archie's birthday. I completely understand that. And we have heard that straight after the service that Harry will be jetting back on a plane to California. But it just makes me think, are they going to be watching at home? I don't think personally they have a relationship at the moment. It's really sad that it has come to this point. I just hope that Harry comes 
and he actually looks like he's enjoying himself and he wants to be there. I hope for their sakes as a family, this is a step in the right direction. But I think if he didn't come, it would cause more upset than not. I was more surprised at the coronation quiche than I was that Megan wasn't <laughs> going to turn up. The reason I say that is because there's a difference between institutional responsibility and family dynamics and obligations. I'm the same as you, Rach. I don't believe there is a relationship between William, Charles, Camilla, Catherine, and even we've seen with Sophie and the extended family. I don't think that there's a good relationship there. I believe that this is a protocol. He's fifth in line to the throne. It looks bad if he's not there. But we also know, Rach, that in his interview for Spear with Tom Bradby, he also mentioned that if he was asked to, he would do some engagements in the Commonwealth. And if he was to come back for the coronation, he would need to have an apology. We don't know whether those apologies have taken place, but also he is councillor of state. There's a lot of boxes that have been ticked there within his royal duties. I know he's not a working member, but he's still in a hierarchical monarchy in which he is the fifth in line. So with that comes responsibilities. With his wife, no, that's more of a choice really, isn't it? I want to spend my child's birthday in California. That's what I've decided. Plus, remember, this is the first time we're going to see Harry with his family since the Netflix documentary and since Spear has been released. This going to trudge up so much tabloid fodder. I mean, we've had so much actually since that statement from Buckingham Palace was announced. You cannot stop the press. They're just no. on it. So each to their own. They've made that decision. I completely respect it. Let's just hope that the tabloids focus on the King and Queen Camilla on what will be a momentous day coming up. And I also think it's one of those instances where they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. Oh, yeah. There was always going to be opinions either way. Yeah. And I think an another important thing to note is that this is a state occasion. This is not a family occasion. And that's how I think the king is looking at it from that side of it. Yes, he wants Harry to be there. He wants his son to be there. Of course he does. It's one of the most important days of his life. I, and that's why I think that it's the right decision that Harry's there. I, I really do. And I've said that all along. We always make that point that it's state over family but this is more of an institutional monarchy event it's a ceremony it's the king being consecrated you know being the head of the church defender of the faith this is a big deal this is a christian ceremony that has gone on for thousands of years it was amazing that they were invited and they had the choice of whether to come or not but that's it it's done they've made their decision or what whatever's happened behind closed doors let's move on and we have to stress that a lot of people are still saying that the king chose the 6th of May, you know, to make sure that Meghan and the children didn't come. That isn't the case. This is a governmental decision to make. We have lots of bank holidays in May. We also have lots of engagements in June. This is the best time for the coronation. It just so happens to be on Archie's birthday. So that narrative really annoys me when I hear people say that because that wasn't King Charles's decision. So, Royal Community, what do you think? Send us a DM, a voice note over on Instagram, keeping up the Windsor's pod, and let us know 
Do you think Harry should be attending? Do you think it's right that Meghan's not attending? Do you want Meghan to attend? Let us know and we'll play your thoughts and opinions on next week's episode. Yes, and remember, if you also want to let us know how you will be celebrating the coronation, send us a voice note and we will collate them all and then put a little montage together of um, (laughs) coronation celebrations. If you would like to follow us over on YouTube, you can make sure to get over there and subscribe because there's so much content coming your way over the coronation. Don't forget you can support us over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. It's four pounds or six bucks. And we would really love it if you became part of the VIP Royal community. It's four pounds or six bucks monthly. And that gets you a monthly Zoom call with Michelle and I and also a private Facebook group. If you would love to help us spread the word of the podcast, send our podcast to anyone you know who loves the Royal family as much as we do. We would love to grow the Royal community. And so let's all create a lovely community together of people who love the royal family. Yes! Can you believe the coronation is coming, Rach? Ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hold on to your hats, Royal Community, because it's all happening over the next few weeks. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week on Keeping Keep Up, Up With Winters. The Winters.